Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Don Jeff is joining me again. Talk about the RFK assassination. Now, you did work on the RFK assassination. You're interested in the RFK assassination. Was that because of the JFK stuff? It just kind of comes with the territory? Sure. As a matter of fact, um, I probably was interested in that first because uh, when I, um, you know, I've described my political awakening as a teenager, but uh, I was a typical liberal Democrat, a very radical left-wing Democrat, card-carrying member of the ACLU. I mean, I was, I was as left as you could get. And uh, I love the Kennedys. And uh, as a little kid, when Bobby Kennedy ran for president, that's when I discovered uh, politics and the primaries and the delegates and all that stuff. And I was just crushed. I, I cried like a baby when he was killed. A little really to remember JFK much, but um, so he was my hero. And I remember watching uh, we had a show called Tomorrow with Tom Schneider back in the day. You should come on late back when channels weren't on all night. So NBC had it on after the Tonight Show at 1 a.m. So I was always up late, so I watch it. And uh, Snyder had some some assassination stuff on because this was like 1975, and the, the uh, interest was being kindled, especially in the JFK assassination. But he had a guy named Allard Lowenstein on his show once, who was a congressman, who was uh, spearheading the effort to uh, to reopen the RFK assassination. So I was fascinated by it. So that was my first exposure, really, to assassination conspiracy stuff. I was amazed. And, so it actually became before I started looking into uh, JFK assassination. Then, of course, when I started that, I was no stopping me. But an hour alone scene, of course, ironically, was later assassinated himself in his congressional office by supposed. I mean, how many? You know, how many congressmen get assassinated in their office? Very many. Uh, Howard Lowenstein did, and he happened to be the only one in Congress looking into the RFK assassination. So um, that's kind of the way those things go. But so. I uh, there aren't as many books out there about the RFK assassination. So when I started in the assassination, it was just tons about JFK, and there really wasn't much, especially back then. But RFK must die by Robert Blair Kaiser, which was pretty much accepted that Sirhan did it. But it had a lot of good background stuff, and that's where I first learned about Sirhan's diary and uh, obvious allusions to being hypnotized or impaled or something. I and mean, he's writing about the Illuminati in his diary. You know, he's. He's writing over and over again, pay to the order of Sirhan, Sirhan, pay to the order of Sirhan, Sirhan. He's talking about Albert DeSalvo, the Boston Strangler. Uh, lots of interesting stuff in that diary. And uh, Sirhan had a, lot of, had a lot of curious connections as well, but uh, really was probably had to order through the uh, mail. Back in the days before internet, you had to get really extremist literature through the mail. So, and I had all the connections. So uh, there was a thing called the RFK Assassination Scrapbook. Jack Kimbrough and Lillian Castellano. And uh, that was one of the best things, ever, you know, but it was like loose leaf. It's not even, you know, it wasn't even self-published back in those days. So I had that somewhere. It's probably worth a lot of money now. But um, a lot of good stuff there. And that's where I learned about uh, the ballistics, how it didn't add up. You know, and there were magic bullets in the pantry, just like there you know, was the magic bullet in Dealey Plaza. And that uh, there are lots and lots of questions there. A little bit different. The RFK is different than JFK because no one questions Sirhan was had a gun and was shooting, because he's you know documented. He lived. Yeah, well, yeah, he lived, and he was you know he's documented as you know Rosie Greer and all these people trying to get the gun out of his hand on the pantry table. So um, there's no question about that. But it's just you know was there a second gun? And I think it's pretty obvious there was uh, because the ballistics don't add up. You know Thomas Noguchi almost lost his job as coroner to the stars out there because uh, he 
kept uh, stood firm with saying no. The, the fatal bullet entered a uh, point blank range or powder burns behind his right ear, and uh, no witness placed Sirhan behind RFK at any time, let alone that close. So I think that alone, the autopsy, you know, certainly, and my friend, my good friend John Barber, who you ought to talk to sometime if you haven't. He, uh, I'm friends you know, with him on Facebook. Oh yeah, well you should. He'll he'll be happy to talk to you. He's he's a he's a great interview. Just the show, the combination of showbiz and assassinations is great. But he uh, he's a legend. He's Frank Sinatra's a speechwriter. He's a writer for several years. Uh, host of Real People, which is the number one show on television for three years back in nine eighty one. So he uh, he lost his uh, friendship with Sinatra over Noguchi because he was one of the celebrities back then that was involved in trying to they were trying to fire Noguchi, and it was all because of that. That he was telling that you know he's saying no this the bullet had entered behind so that's uh that's the basis for it there's a lots of there's lots of other elements we can talk about the girl in the polka dot dress and all these other uh, things that are kind of intriguing but uh, it's it's a little different because Sirhan was there and his his excuse is I mean he hasn't been the greatest witness either over the years because he'll say kind of strange things sometimes and uh, but basically he's stuck basically to his story from the very beginning that he doesn't remember anything. And the last thing he remembers is a girl handing him coffee. And that girl was probably the girl in the polka dot dress who most of us think was his handler. Who The one that ran out said, we got Kennedy. Well, there's somebody said they saw, yes, a woman, the, woman, the girl in the polka dot dress was seen by several witnesses. And as I, in my book, Hidden History, I have a, a long section on the RFK assassination. And I have, uh, I talk about all the sightings of this girl in the polka dot dress leading up the assassination. I mean, she was following Kennedy's campaign, and she was seen with Sirhan and another guy several times. You can find a lot of that was, I think I got from William Turner and Hinkle's book, uh, which was the first one really to come out and do a really good job on the RFK assassination back in the... Uh, I didn't know she was following the campaign. I just thought it was she was there, but she is kind of weird. I mean, wearing a polka dot dress. I think she was the only one there that was wearing a polka dot dress, so obviously it wasn't the style. No, it was, it was to stand out, and uh, you had tons of credible witnesses who all described her the same way. You know, I mean, they she caught their attention because she, she had a great build. You know, they all described that. And uh, But she also had what they call a funny nose or a weird nose. This is clearly the same person that they were seeing. And uh, they obviously could never find her because they didn't try to find her. And if you want to look at uh, some classic, you know, uh, police questioning of, of a witness, uh, Sandy Serrano, who was a teenager at the time, she was the one that was sitting outside. It was too hot for her. And she, she saw them running out and saying they would kill them, including the girl in the polka dot dress. And uh, when she told the authorities that, and another uh, police officer, I think was Sergeant Paul Chiraga, said the same thing, that it was, said that an old couple called the Goldsteins or something, he, he didn't really get their name. He just said, I think it was that, the Goldsteins. He said their names exactly. He said, "Well, folks got dressed saying we shot him as well." I think there were others too. But um, so Serrano was later questioned by uh, I think it was uh, Manny Pena of the uh, Manny Pena of the uh, LAPD, and it, it, the recordings are out there. It's shocking to listen to because it's just it's, this is not a police officer that was out for the truth. Since you're I mean, probably, telling her over, 
obviously, since you're probably more willing to talk about the MK Ultra stuff compared to a lot of the other researchers who kind of steer away from it a little bit, at least the ones I've talked to have kind of steered away from it. I put a lot more weight into it only because I know about MK Ultra. I've had academics on here discuss MK Ultra. I've had a lot of people mention in the RFK assassination that the polka dot dress thing could have been a mechanism to trigger. So I don't throw it out. I think it makes sense. I do think at this point, I believe Sirhan was a shooter. Um, I just don't think he might have been in full capability of what he was doing. Um, but I definitely believe more than one. Um, I don't believe the blank stuff in the gun. I've heard it mentioned before, but I, I just feel like that takes a little bit more work. I would believe that more in the John Lennon assassination than I would. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know. Again, uh, Sirhan had a gun and he was shooting. There's, it's, it's, that's, again, it's unlike Oswald or James O'Reilly. Um, nobody can dispute that. So this is a little bit different than those other assassinations because in the case of Oswald, obvious patsy, uh, you know, he, he wasn't didn't shoot anybody, no, sir, as he said. James O'Reilly, again, obvious patsy, didn't shoot anybody. But uh, Sirhan was there with a gun, and unlike Oswald and James O'Reilly, uh, Oswald had an intelligence background, obviously was some kind of agent, undercover agent. Uh, James O'Reilly was a petty thief, and I, I really don't know why they picked him, but they did. Patsy. But um, Sirhan had lots of interesting connections, and I, you know, I explore some of them in Hidden History. But he, uh, he apparently was, and I believe it was R.F. Kamen's die that they had the psychiatrists talk about how he's one of the most susceptible uh, people they've ever seen to being hypnotized. So he was a perfect, you know, patient for that. So uh, if someone had wanted to hypnotize him and program him into an MK Ultra to Manchurian candidate type of thing. He apparently would have been very easy to do. And again, if you look at his uh, excerpts from his diary, it sure looks like somebody who's been programmed. I mean, a lot of it doesn't make any sense, but he's, he's writing conspiratorial stuff like pay to the order at Sirhan Sirhan over and over again. He's talking about the Illuminati, which is, you know, like the, the, the top tier of, uh, you know, the, the big conspirators. So, um, I think that uh, I do think he was, he was shooting, but I don't I don't think he was a conspirator in terms of he was he was a I think he was a patsy just a different kind of patsy and he was for whatever reason he was led there now we don't know what the relationship might have been with the girl in the Pope that dress or who she even was so yeah I mean it's not impossible that Sirhan was a, some kind of a low level agent as well and was sorting with these people for some reason but he may have just thought he was. Uh, you know, following JF, uh, RFK around on his campaign staff. Now, later we heard the nonsensical reason that, you know, he, he whenever he talked about RFK, he, and he usually said he didn't remember. I mean, he always said he didn't remember doing it. But on a few occasions, he said, uh, if I shot him, you know, I, I remember being angry at him because of uh, he approved uh, the sale of planes um, to Israel. So, uh, which is ironic, because now you see his son, RFK Jr., who's kind of, had his own trouble with that, where you know he retweeted Roger Waters and some other critics of Israel, and then he quickly backed off. You know, and it's, it's very strange because that's kind of similar to what his father did. So that's what the people that think Sirhan did it. They say, well, he shot him because you know he was uh, supporting uh, you know the sale of planes as well. I mean, pretty much every politician in America was supporting anything Israel wanted then. So I don't, you know, why would he pick? You know, why would he? I, I'm pretty sure McCarthy was too, and Humphrey. So uh, the only issue say, with that is why would the LAPD destroy like two thousand something things of documentation in a medical furnace? Then yes, exactly. Well, that, and that's that's the problem with any of these things. If these things are not conspiracies, 
how does the evidence get destroyed? Including the LAPD destroyed the, uh, the very crucial, um, they, they don't know where they are. The ceiling panels of the pantry contain bullet holes. You know, most people think there were way more bullets than Sirhan's guns could, could uh, fire. Yeah, there was, you know, supposedly a bullet in the door jam that was photographed and in the newspaper and everything by police officers and all oh, they were mistaken. And um, nobody knows where that bullet is or where that door is. We lost all kinds of it, you know, lost or destroyed all kinds of evidence. And you're right, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that if you were just documenting a crime. And I mean, same thing, like you wouldn't have all these people. Why, why would Manny Pena pressure? Just look at that recording of what he did to that poor teenage girl, Sandy Toronto. I mean, he just he got her in tears eventually. Why? Why? Yeah, yeah, and again, he was he was playing on her. They were both Hispanic, so he was saying like, you know, you're a good Catholic. The Kennedys a good Catholic family. You know, you do want to see them go through this. You think they'd be proud of you? I mean, you you got to hear it to believe it. And all she was doing was saying, to, you know, they, they, these people ran out and said, "We got him," including the girl in the polka dot dress. And he just ridicule he ridiculed her over and over again, and uh, eventually got her to break down. But that's the kind of investigation they did, and that uh, worked on a lot of. Uh, other people as well. I mean, I have I have a, a lot of the stuff in uh, in hidden history. It's not you know my we talked about William Law. That's my my friend William Law. He's I hope he publishes his book on RFK. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff out there, and I think that'll be the definitive word on it. So let's let's hope he does that. He knows more about it than I do, but uh, certainly, I mean, as I've said many times, this is tied inextricably to the JFK side. If JFK hadn't have been assassinated, RFK never would have been. So if you're looking at this like a continuum, you had Oswald, alleged shooter. Nobody saw him there. So there you go. You look at RFK assassination. You got Sirhan with a gun shooting, whether it's blanks or not. I mean, there's you just have a person there shooting. And the number of shots, though, if you look at like 11 or 14, I think I've heard so far. Sirhan, I believe he shot um, real bullets, but... They might have hit people in the back, the ones that bounced all around, it seemed like. Um, I don't know if he necessarily put one in RFK if you had all the shots from behind and everyone claims that Sirhan's up front. But it's that method of political assassination. They've only kept trying to tweak the method and perfect it and get it to the point where I like if I believe it's still continuing. But the number of uh, deaths you start seeing, whether you want to put John Lennon in there or not, there's just a number of weird assassination attempts that come later. And it's like, how come we don't have any of those now? Well, we have character assassination now, but I've just noticed this continuum of because we've never gotten real closure on the JFK one, if you believe conspiracy. And this is what happens when powers go unchecked for a while. I mean, his fucking brother died in the same way. That's a little bit suspicious. And don't tell me every single person back then was just mentally unstable with a gun. That doesn't make sense to me. I believe that there was something bigger right. in the works. Of course. And you you don't, we're still trying to get files released for the JFK assassination six years later almost. And so nothing should have been withheld if it was no conspiracy. What national security grounds would you need for a minimum wage loser, Lee Harvey Oswald? What, he had no connections? I mean, he was just uh, impotent and uh, his wife wasn't satisfied and he was jealous of Kennedy. I mean, all these nonsensical psychological reasons with no evidence for that at all. But if that was the case, why would you withhold? Why wouldn't everything be released on it? It's an open and shut case. Same thing with James O'Reilly and certainly with, uh, with the RFK assassination as well. Again, if this is, you know, why you had RFK Jr. and, you know, lobbying for Sirhan's release and, it's, you know, his family obviously got in the way of that, only one of his brothers. Uh, was there with him, and it's basically the same people that are opposing, same siblings that are opposing his campaign, his presidential campaign. But uh, 
Bobby has, you know, certainly believes and he has talked to him, but just like Dexter King talked to, uh, and Coretta Scott King talked to uh, Dan Bill Ray. They went and uh, lobbied for a new trial for him. We knew he didn't kill their father. And uh, same thing with Bobby Kennedy. He wants to know who killed his father, unlike his ridiculous siblings who don't care. And who just think he's a conspiracy theorist. So these are, these are important questions, especially now because his son is running for president. And I, I, I'm sure you heard the news just a couple of the days that where Joe Biden refused to give him Secret Service protection, which is unbelievable. This is routine for presidential candidates. And of all candidates, a Kennedy, probably the most likely to be assassinated given, given historical precedents. That's the guy you won't. I mean, you know, what do you what do they expect people to think when you do that kind of thing? Do you know um, when they found RFK or not RFK, Sirhan's diary after he after he allegedly shot RFK? Um, <clears throat> I think it was. I don't think it was hidden anywhere. I think they found that his home. I'm pretty sure it was pretty because uh... it had RFK must die written all over it. But then all the Masonic symbol symbols, which I think people just thought was the Star of David in court, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, you've heard it. Well, it would be ironic if you considered he was so upset over Israel getting the uh, planes, but um, so, yeah, that wouldn't make much sense. But I, I, you know, people can read into that well, but if you look at it, it's not the uh, it's not the product of a uh, of a rational whatever Sirhan was at the time, twenty years old or something like that. Uh, he was a very young guy. It's, it's not the product of a rational mind. Something's going on there. Uh, we do know, and of course, you have uh, Jolly and West, who was, you know, that involved this as well. And then uh, people Wait, famously, Doctor Jolly and West, who was, uh, you know, involved in a lot of the old CIA work going back to the fifties. And uh, I believe he's the one that uh, killed a uh, killed an elephant with LSD or something. This guy, yeah. these guys were just monsters. Well, I know about Jolly West, but I didn't know Jolly West was connected to the RFK stuff. I, I think he is, but you know, I could be wrong. Maybe it's only indirectly because you had that guy Wilson. Um, that guy Bryant, uh, I can't remember address, but I maybe he was tied to West or whatever. But um, and it, so uh, he had been talked to. Or Jolly and West, like, no Jolly and West visited Jack Ruby. Yeah, and of course Jack Ruby, uh, unlike Oswald, many people had speculated uh, that Ruby was programmed. I don't think Ruby was programmed. I think Ruby was wrapped up pretty tight with the whole cancer cell injection, whatever you want to believe. Well, he could have been, but you you have that, you know, if you watch the movie The Manchurian Candidate, um, they are or, or actually the, that and also the man who knew too much, the Hitchcock movie, they were both kind of based on uh, basically they 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 said that somebody could be programmed to kill and they would be uh they would have to be a uh triggering mechanism. I think in the man who knew too much. I think it was uh, some note in the song, or something. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But something had to happen in the music, or something, and then the guy was going to kill. He was pro who he was programmed to kill. Entering candidates said the same kind of thing, where there would, you know, there would be a code word or something. Then he would kill. Uh, if you watch the footage of Jack Ruby shooting Oswald, you'll notice that there's a mysterious horn. There's three. Horn. There's three. And, yeah, three. They, they, but it, it's right and. That, you know, a lot of people speculate, is that what triggered him? Because he he walks down to the basement and then soon as okay, this is it. And then he, he rushes forward and kills him. I don't know, but that it's an interesting thing. And with Sirhan, um, who knows what the what the triggering mechanism was, the cup of coffee. I mean, he said that's the last thing he remembers. The girl, the girl, as he said, it was probably the girl in the polka dot dress. So there are a lot of strange psychological uh 
things going on there. They're not, you know, in our standards. When would he have got programmed though? Was Sarhan? Yeah. Did he have any activities before where that seemed a little bit suspicious? Well, we know that he was seen by many people with the girl in the polka dot dress who wasn't in the polka dot dress all the time, but it looked like the same girl. Again, she had a great figure and a very strange nose. But she stood out. And uh, and another uh, Arab-type person, usually was with one or two other Arab-type people as well. And uh, they and I've I've got I got you know all these things from I think it was Turner and Hickel's book, but uh, I've got them in Hidden History. But there are lots of uh, I have them memorized, but there uh, there were lots of interesting sightings like that. And so he was clearly doing something. We know that he uh, he uh, worked at a racetrack. Acted you know, it's a mafia years. It was Santa Anita racetrack. So um, you know. He clearly, I don't think he was your average person. And he was also, again, he was open in terms of being hypnotized. So I don't know what the people that look uh, to try to find patsies, uh, what they look for in these people, but uh, they must have seen something it looked like that they that they liked in Turhan because uh, getting him, he was a susceptible subject. And, uh, you know, they clearly... It's definitely to do- people with like a like a political polarizational view of what the mainstream probably is at the time. You know, if you have Oswald like a communist or painted like a communist, even though he denounced he was a Marxist, or then you have Sirhan where you have a foreign person that people would just assume that, oh, he's doing this because of this political motivation with Israel or whatever it is. Um, there's always that, like the politic thing always gets dragged in. Like this person had this political agenda. That's why he killed this person, which it doesn't make sense if you kind of line it up. But I believe that they are able to steamroll him in court so much because of the fact that he was a foreign person. Um, and in court, they believe that like they could easily just – it's a clear-cut case, it's much like Oswald being dead. You know, you could easily rip, rip right through his human rights or anything you want because, uh, yeah, he's dead. I mean, to the average American in 1968, somebody named Sirhan Bashar Sirhan is like, oh, he's got to be guilty. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds pretty foreign to me. I mean, you're right. They, they would, uh, it'd be much easier to demonize somebody like that. And I think they were. I mean, Sirhan didn't have uh, any defenders for quite a while. You know, it wasn't, it was a, a little bit different than uh, the JFK assassination where it took a few years before people started to analyze, okay, well, you had people like Paul Schrade, who I had on my show, who just died last year, I think it was 97 or something, incredible, you know, very, very lucid right up to the end. But good people like that, they uh, worked for the truth. You said Paul Schrade was lucid? Was lucid right to the end. He was very, you know, he was, he had everything together at 97 years old. Well, people say that, because that, he defended Sirhan um, and went to all his parole uh, hearings that happened. Um, but everyone said that was because he got hit in the head. He might be dealing with a little bit of after effects from it. Yeah. Well, again, that's that's easy. It's easy for somebody to say he's trying to defend the narrative. But I had him on my show a couple times, and you can look to the archives out there. He's sharp. He was sharp as attack right up to the end. I mean, you know, late nineties, and uh, he was um, he knew what he because he was very critical of the Kennedy family too. Talked about Bobby being courageous, and he talked about trying to talk to those kids. I mean, you, you can listen to the archive; it's amazing because he knew them all. He said, you know, it's it's just it's just really sad where they don't care. That they don't, he said they would they would laugh about it. That's what he talked about, you know, which is really strange. But uh, he was a, he was an incredible witness. But yeah, there was he he was shot in the head. So I guess that would that would be an easy um, easy response on the part of people. Well, of course, he was hit in the head. That's why he thinks he's experiencing. But again, you just look at the ballistics. The uh, there's too many bullets for Sir Sir Han's gun. It's that simple. 
And uh, he's, you know, he was never, there's no witness that placed in mind Kennedy. And that's where the fatal shot came from. So who do they suspect being the second person? Is it uh, Caesar? Well, that's what uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. thought. And that's what most people seem to think. I don't know. Dan Eugene Caesar had a, he was uh, connected to eighth security. He had some connections too. I, I don't know that it's been proven it was him. I don't know. But uh, people did say that he had a gun. I think there were others there that probably had guns too. And, um, you know, who who was who was the girl in the, the polka dot dress? Who were the uh, the guys running out with her? They were seen by a couple of people saying we shot him. Who were those people? That wasn't Thane Eugene Caesar. So um, I really don't know. I think that it's like with the JFK assassination. People ask me, you know, these I, I don't speculate. All I do is I, I look at with the evidence. The evidence shows that there were too many bullets and that Sirhan wasn't in the right position to have fired, fired the fatal shot. So I think you start with that, that they they got it wrong. It's like in the JFK assassination, I, we still don't know who actually shot you, but we know that they proved, even if they inadvertently proved it wasn't Oswald. Whoever did it wasn't Oswald. So they got framed, and then they're still framing, still going to a lot of trouble 60 years later. There's this line. Same thing with Sirhan Sirhan, where uh, we know there was more than one shooter, just the ballistics show that. There's a lot of intrigue there swirling around Sirhan's diary. Was he a Manchurian candidate? Uh, the girl in the polka dot dress. All these things are interesting. We can just kind of speculate on that's how they may have programmed them, but you know, we don't know. But I, I just prefer to say that, you know, that, that the ballistics show that there had to have been more than one. Do you believe that it's a deep state thing, or do you believe that it's just a small kind of thing? Um, I know people hinted that he was going to open up the investigation into his brother's death, which I think has a lot of weight to it. But also uh, LAPD just obviously shit investigation on purpose, it seems like, with the destruction of evidence and all that type of stuff makes it very difficult to understand this where I go. That just seems like they didn't want another Dallas like the guy said in the video you can watch. And he seemed like they really fucked up because then within three hours they announced that it was just Sirhan. That was it. Three hours. So if you're wrong, you better get rid of that evidence to support any wrong conclusions that might bring out what your conclusion is. That's, and that's what it was. It was, uh, again, if you look at it, there would be no destruction of evidence. And uh, they, the, LA, now the LAPD, I mean, all these police forces are corrupt. Dallas and certainly LAPD probably has the worst reputation maybe in the country. You know, we know about for the years under gate, later under gates and everything. But so it's not... Uh, Surprising that they would be involved in, you know, covering something up or whatever. This is a huge crime. I mean, this is a presidential candidate. guy. I have no doubt that Bobby Kennedy would have been president. Watch that funeral procession afterwards. No question he would have been elected president. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, Mark Lane, who was my mentor. I started out you know, as a teenager volunteering for a Citizens Committee of Inquiry. He was my hero. He's the reason I became a civil libertarian. And, uh, you know, he told everyone. That, you know, behind the scenes, Bobby Kennedy, he was going to reopen the assassination. And that um, Jim Garrison was saying the same thing. That Both of them were saying that Bobby should say it publicly because publicly he was supporting the war report. Behind the scenes, he wasn't. And I think he he basically said, you know, I can't do this until I'm elected. So he wanted, he he felt, but, uh, you know, as Garrison said, uh, you know, you, you'd be safer if you talked about it now. Because then, you know, it would make it more obvious that they killed you. But he didn't, unfortunately, and uh, chose to go that way. And uh, now you see his son, you know, I never thought I'd see a presidential candidate, let alone a candidate, 
running for president, openly saying the things I've been saying for decades that the government killed you know, JFK and RFK. And uh, that's, I think, the primary reason, not necessarily the vaccine stuff. But I think that's, although that certainly plays a part too, but I think that's the primary reason why he's getting the horrible press that he's getting. He's, I mean, he's attacked relentlessly. He's saying the government killed the Kennedys, and you know, you don't, you don't do that. But there's, there's no question. I think that they're, uh, that these, these, these crimes were connected. I think it was. I don't think it was anything small. I don't think any of these things are small. And that's why in the JFK assassination, and my, I'm going to have a book coming out with William Law. William Law, William Law and I wrote it. It's called, called it's going to be called uh, Pipe the Bimbo in Red, and it's about Dean Andrews and Jim Garrison and other people in, in New Orleans. Like what I call the ground level plot, Bill Kennedy. That'll be coming out. Uh, should be coming out in time for the 60th anniversary. That's why we're trying to move it for that. But um, so you know that it's kind of it's not necessarily a, a direct response because I, I wrote about that in history and everything I write about. I, I talk about there are people out there that like to promote the idea that uh, these, these first of all these things are separate. I don't think usually they are separate. Certainly, Kennedy assassination. Yeah, hell of a coincidence if it was all yeah exactly. Separate. Yeah, and Martin Luther King too. I mean, these things are kind of linked, and uh, I don't think you know those would have happened if it had been JFK. But uh, people say, "Oh, I can accept that it was the mafia, maybe, maybe a few rogue CIA agents." No, no, it doesn't. This is, you know, these. That's why people that talk about Clay Shaw and David Perry and all those people at the ground level, those people uh, were the I call the ground level conspirators. They were the ones who were probably all intelligence operations operators themselves, like Oswald was. They may have all been told the same thing like Oswald. Oswald, I firmly believe, as Jim Garrison did, was told that he was supposed to infiltrate a plot to kill the president and report back to the FBI or whoever on it. And I think that's what he was doing. We got to try and stick to the RFK things. As okay, sorry about that. But but so but in, in the case of but so RFK I would say the same thing in terms of I don't think it was a, a small limited thing, certainly not the LAPD. I think it was, again, part of the same deep state high crime that was the JFK assassination. It was a continuation of that because and I think later JFK Jr. You know, as I showed in history, I was the first one to come out and say this was an assassination, folks. They killed him uh, because it's a, it's a continuation. And RFK Jr., you know, unless he gets bought out or something, something, you know, he, it, that would be the same price he would pay in terms of it because they're just, just the dominoes would start falling on just those significant crimes as it were. And they're all tied together. They're not, you see the same players involved in each of them. And in, in, in terms of uh, RFK, instead of Dallas police, it was the uh, LAPD, but the FBI certainly was involved as well. Uh, the Shane O'Sullivan is one of the guys who originally thought there was a a CIA guy was maybe photographed there, and later they tried to debunk that. I really don't know. I'm trying to talk to him to figure out uh, what happened there. But so there, there, there were lots of powerful forces that uh, that had an interest in, in killing RFK Jr. I, I mean RFK, and I think the main reason was they feared him exposing the truth about it. Do you find conflicting views about the acoustical evidence, just like in the JFK case with the RFK case? I've seen like various opinions on the acoustical evidence, some people that believe it and some people that don't. But overall, that acoustic evidence, I don't know if it came in the second investigation or the first investigation, the second one back into the RFK case, right? Yeah, well, it's there uh, There are people supposedly there are, there are tapes that exist and everything where you can hear the audio. Uh, you know, I don't I, – acoustic evidence, certainly in the JFK case, I don't trust that. I think there's a lot of question behind that. But um, in the RFK, I don't. 
I don't know if it's that much more valid, but again, I, I don't, I don't think that would ever be the best evidence. You know, it's people are, unless it's, you know, like I've heard some of the tape of JFK and it's, it's not clear at all, really. You know, not like it's, it's like looking at some of those photographs and saying, you know, who's in the doorway and this stuff. Um, not clear enough. And same thing with RFK. I think I would prefer to stay away from that. And again, I, I would concentrate on what I think is the most important thing, the best evidence. The autopsy indicates that uh, ballistics don't add up, that unless somebody can prove, you know, that Sirhan was where he wasn't, according to all the witnesses, couldn't have fired the fatal shot. So then you start looking for, well, okay, who is, why was he firing? You know, did he really, was was he connected to the second gunman? If he wasn't connected to the second gunman, then obviously you have him set up there as a patsy. And uh, unfortunately, Sirhan's still with us. He's still alive. And, Are there uh, photos of him up front? I haven't been able to find any. Photos? Um, yeah, I have plenty of photos. I don't know when the last one was taken, but I mean, he's, I think he's 77. No, 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 I mean, photos of him up front in front of Robert Kennedy. Well, no, that and that's the problem is that, you know, this just like the JFK assassination, very curiously that you have video of that entire campaign event, you know, all to Chicago, let's win there. And then he, and he curiously is led by the, by uh, his entourage, they they take a, a you know a route back through the pantry, which was not part of his security arrangement. Very strangely, no one has really questioned that. And um, back in the pantry, they they I think primarily they weren't expecting him to go back there, so there were no cameras immediately. And uh, you're as Scott Andrews, you say you're going to have one later. He's uh, that's why they went. Uh, maybe you can ask him why he thought they. they spent so many years trying to <laughs> keep his photos and not give them back. But um, he was the only one, as, as far as I know, that took any kind of uh, photographs in the in the pantry. And I don't think even he's sure what they show. But uh, they may have shown Theron's position. But other than that, we just have to go on what the witnesses said because there's no photographic evidence at all. We had much more of the JFK assassination. But here, once he took that trip back to the pantry, there was nothing other than Scott Enyard and until... Uh, Later, you know, obviously after after the pandemic, then you see the picture of him lying on the floor with the with the uh, waiter bent over and so forth. But uh, well, that clip on tie that I thought was Robert Kennedy's was staying Eugene Caesar's, the one that's in the corner that the magazine cut out. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard, and um, it's um, well, it's it's unfortunate these crimes because you we don't you don't have because if if it was on film. Uh, like if the JFK assassination, if they just if the press truck had been where it normally was up front, and the entire thing would have been filmed. But they mysteriously were taken to the back and put on a bus. You know, you can you can you can figure out why. Uh, but in, in the RFK case, it was just a detour, where instead of so, I, I think if he had gone to, I think he was supposed to go to, uh, I think there was a reception or something. I forget where he where he was supposed to go, but he didn't go where he was supposed to go. So I assume where he was supposed to go, they would have had cameras set up. But there was nothing back in the in the pantry. So um, and if you wanted to kill him, I, I would look at that little detour. And you know, why was it taken? Pushed it. Because uh, that conveniently put him in a spot where there was no record of what happened. All you have to, and you know, I went to testament, that's the important thing. In any case, uh, people who uh, poo-poo conspiracy theories are right in one sense that eyewitness testimony is not generally that credible. People will say different stuff. But in, in the case of uh, the Kennedy assassinations, both of them, we've had to rely largely 
eyewitness testimony in many cases because that's what we have because the, the real evidence is constantly being destroyed. You said in the LAPD is destroyed so much stuff, including the ceiling panels. Those are crucial. Try to figure out exactly what happened. The door jam was there a bullet there? Well, we don't know. It's not available. So all we can do is say, well, you know, well, the witness, I saw a bullet there, and it, yep, that's that's not the best evidence. But I don't know what you can do, and there's no film. You can't say, as you said, that would be the easiest thing. Let's let's look. Where was Sirhan standing? Let's see where he's standing. We don't know. There's no film. I agree that the best evidence would be the autopsy because that would prove. But it, you'd also need the proof of Sirhan up front as well, too. Besides witness testimonies, you need photos of that and sadly those are probably destroyed so they definitely cut off their loose ends about it i mean but look at thomas noguchi he lost his job and had to fight to get it back i mean that's obviously clear that the official narrative was not agreeing with what his conclusions were on a 36 page autopsy report that was very thorough considered one of the best autopsies in history yeah exactly and that, that, again why why were there you know why were they so anxious to get rid of him I mean, it was all, and again, why was the Frank Sinatra so incensed at, at John Barber that he cut off his? I mean, he was he was his personal writer. That's what's weird to me. It's like Frank Sinatra was in the Rat Pack, wasn't he? But I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, you well, think I, he'd want I, an answer? Well, you would think, but uh, there had been, you know, uh, Sinatra ended up being bitter against the Kennedys because uh, old Joe Kennedy wanted uh, once JFK became president, they he really kept his distance from him. He thought, look, this guy has mob connections and it's not a good look. And so he so he may have had some bitterness from that. I don't know how much he ever liked Robert Kennedy. You know, a lot of people like JFK didn't like RFK. RFK was uh, blunt. And he, you know, JFK was a you know, constant tactful guy, kind to everyone. Nobody had a bad thing to say about him. But RFK Jr. could could be, you know, argumentative and he could, you know, he let you know what he thought. He wasn't as uh, he wasn't as good a politician. So it may have been something like that, but uh, I don't know. I can't uh, other than other than Noguchi's findings, uh, you know, were evidence of a conspiracy. That's the, I think it's as simple as that. That's why they tried to get rid of them. And you can you can figure out hey, if this was a small self-contained conspiracy, conspiracy, who's trying to get rid of them? Some small renegade mafia group. I don't think they have the power to do that. So again, these are things that happen in these cases. Just tell you. How powerful the people have to do have to be. I mean, sixty years later, we're coming up on the sixtieth anniversary. You're still going to hear the same old lies. That that's not anti-Castro uh, Cubans, renegade officers. They don't have the power sixty years later to make people still lie about it. Same thing with RFK. When when you just had the, uh, um, when you had the fortieth uh, year, whatever the fiftieth year, uh, it was the same old lies. The same kind of things in the media. Where, why are you who has the power to get everybody in the entertainment world pretty much whenever hollywood makes other than oliver stone whenever hollywood makes a movie about one of these things they had a thing about rfk a few years back it was about the, his last night or whatever but it, it purposely didn't go in the it very conveniently didn't go into anything about the, uh, the shooting because they'd like to, to leave that alone because once you analyze that Brings up unpleasant questions like, wait a minute, people lied here. So in, in, in the assassination a lot, you can have you a real investigation of this would, would look at people like Manny Pena, Pena and all these other people on the uh, police force who literally tried to subvert justice, badgering witnesses, and they, they got other witnesses to lie as too. Uh, and I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on their names. It's uh, father and son. Oh, God. Um, and uh, 
I, I apologize. I, I wasn't sure we we're going to talk about RFK. I would, I would have uh, looked on it. I write about so many of these things, and I don't do that many interviews on this, but um, they had told uh, stories, I, I believe, about the polka dot dress, the girl in the polka dress, or seeing, again, Sirhan with someone else, and uh, they were pressured into changing their story. And that happens a lot in these cases. And again, who's pressuring them? If Sirhan did it alone, is his family pressuring them? And that's why I say, you know, when, when these witnesses get threatening phone calls. Who's doing that? You're going to ask Scott Enyer when you talk to him later who uh, he was supposed, when he was supposed to finally get his film back, um, there was a car accident. The film was lost. I thought someone broke into a car and stole some stuff. Well, I, yeah, maybe it was that. I I thought it was car, but yeah, but they definitely, it was supposed to be delivered and it was stolen or whatever, but why would anybody steal that if it was their own family? Who's doing this? Who's if you could maybe understand if they're doing that and then trying to profit financially off it, but they're not. You never see they never see the light of day. Maybe if somebody did that and then tried to sell them on the black market and make money, but they never do. So there's the only motive there is to continue to cover up things. So that's I think the everything that happens in the aftermath of these cases tells you there was a conspiracy and it involves very powerful forces. We know the FBI hated the Kennedys, and it, uh, J. Edgar Hoover really hated Bobby Kennedy. So, you know, the FBI, again, is, in, is, is involved in these investigations. So this is an outfit headed by a guy who despised RFK. RFK wanted him fired when he's attorney general. And, you know, Hoover was an institution in Washington. So he's overseeing an investigation. Do you think he's going to see that the truth comes out? I mean, it never, these, these people hated the Kennedys, and, and they, they actually hated RFK more than JFK. Because RFK was the, again, he was like the good, he was like the bad cop, the JFK's good cop a lot of times in terms of the mafia or Hoover or any of these guys, LBJ. He would always say what he thought. And he would, you know, he 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 didn't sugarcoat it and JFK was more tactful, diplomatic. But uh, there were lots of people, there were tons of people, there were powerful people that would have loved to see RFK uh, die, even on just a, a personal level, not Did even you? so much a political level. Did you find it weird that Boogie Losey believed conspiracy in the RFK case, but not the JFK case? Yeah, very strange. I mean, and Boogie Losey did some, he did some good work initially with RFK. So did Robert Vaughn, who was a famous actor who uh, was uh, one of the stars of Band from Uncle, a television show back in the sixties. And uh, so did my my, he's become my friend, kind of my friend on uh, social media, Paul Lamont, who was uh, one of the stars of American Graffiti. He was a, he was briefly a big star back in the day. And uh, he uh, worked a lot with those guys back in the day, Robert Vaughn and some of the other people that Bugliozzi uh, and uh, that were uh, trying to, uh, you know, get a new case, a new investigation. And in fact, Bugliozzi, I think, ran for uh, attorney or something. And it was where he ran on a platform that I'm going to reopen the RFK case. And uh, Paul Lamont believes, still believes, somebody poisoned. Him. And to this day, he won't. He hasn't felt right since. Decades later, he survived. But to this day, I can't get him to talk. I, I tried to get him on the show and stuff, and he, he, he said no. That got me in trouble before. We won't talk about it. And his acting career, you know, is, you know, kind of uh, weird. Why do you Why do you think the family's been silent of um, JFK's family? Why is it only Carolyn and I think Robert RFK Jr. are the only two that have really been wanting a new investigation? Well, Carolyn definitely not. No, you're talking about JFK's only daughter left. That she's uh, 
She's <laughs> JFK Jr. Yes, behind the is scenes. Carolyn or Caroline? Caroline, Caroline, Caroline. Caroline. No, Caroline has been. Uh, she's pretty much leading the cover up, and her grandson now, who they're at Oxford or something, they're trying to uh, promote him as the next candidate. And they won't. They'll leave him alone. This guy has already made several speeches talking about uh, how you know, conspiracy. We need to talk about their life, and he's completely woke. You know, he's he's perfect. They'll, they'll use it in the camera. Yeah, Caroline's anecdotal evidence. I've known, I've talked to people who've known both of them, and Caroline, from all counts, is not that pleasant a person. This JFK Jr. was great. Behind the scenes, I talked to people, I talked to his high school girlfriend and other people that knew him. Uh, behind the scenes, he was obsessed with his father. That's what he was working for. And he was fighting his family because nobody else in the family he wanted to fight until later RFK Jr. did. And now he's openly doing it. But you're right, the Kennedy family, and that's been one of the uh, the uh, impediments to all of us. And I've questioned the Kennedy family many times. I don't know why. I, I look at the Martin Luther King family, and his family was uh, were profiles in courage. Coretta Scott King, even his widow in, in, in advanced age, traveled to another state to testify for James Earl Ray. His sons visited him in prison. They both public said, you know, I don't think he killed our father. I wish the Kennedys did that until RFK Jr. did. Nobody did. and uh, But they just prefer to remain quiet, and they basically hate their brother for talking about it. And I, I don't know why. They certainly weren't part of any conspiracy to kill them, but it's just been a curious attitude, and it hasn't been helpful to those people trying to find the truth. I think it's uh, pretty strange. I mean, I don't know. RFK – or not RFK Jr. Um, JFK Jr. is a, another one I got to look into a little bit more because that's a very, very suspicious, and I think that one's a uh, – Oh, I, yeah. I talk all day about that. Yes. But I, do you, do you, <laughs> it can't be fear. The family can't be afraid of them being knocked off. It seems like it's a little bit more than that. Like even with um, looking through some of the witnesses that ended up changing their mind, I mean you can say coercion as well too, but there's also like did somebody get paid? Like, did Boogie Lucy get paid to write a tomb on the JFK assassination and then well, on yeah. RFK? I, I said at the beginning, when because well, once I started looking at the JFK assassination, that RFK attracted me first because I saw Alan Lowenstein. And I said, well, God, there's a million times more evidence compared to the JFK assassination. There's just more, more written about it and more known. And, uh, but uh, for, for Bugliosi to see conspiracy in RFK, but not JFK. He's got to be the only person on earth, and I could never understand. And then he writes that ridiculous book, uh, a history. Uh, oh, what the hell is that? Claiming doesn't history matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. But uh, just a horrible book, you know. Warm uh, commission rehash, and uh, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he till until he died, if he still believes RFK's assassination. He went back on that as well. I don't know, but uh, he did some good work initially. So I got to give him credit, and in, in the in the uh, uh, Hidden History, I talk about that, and I, I credit him where he did read Another guy that did some really good work was Dan Mulvaya, who uh, wrote a, a really good book on the RFK assassination where he delineates all the conspiracy evidence, and pretty much the reader is, okay, God, obviously there were at least two gunmen. And then in the last chapter, he suddenly reverses forms and says, uh, uh, suddenly I realized Sir had been lying to me, and that he did it. It's, like, it's just so nice. It's like somebody told him, put this chapter in, and we'll publish your book. I mean, it may, and I actually tried to communicate with him a couple times over the years. Maybe because he didn't want to get killed. He was like, maybe I should just add this well, at the end. Well, he's he's a guy that dances around the edges of these issues. He tried to talk about gambling, uh, sports being fixed. It's another subject I think that sports. 
But um, and I, he, I, but, I think there's evidence to support that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he danced around it though. You know, he kind of, he goes he nibbles around the edges, but he does. So he he same thing with Vince Foster. He wrote a ridiculous book, ending the official narrative of Vince Foster. Dude, did you read the Secret Service memo that's out there that says Vince Foster's body was found in his car, which contradicts everything about the crime scene? Did you did you miss that? But uh, that's but that's the kind of guy he is. So I gave him credit. He did a lot of good research on RFK, but um, then he just inexplicably and I tried to ask him, you know, look, you you can't just say you did you did all this great research and you showed it was a conspiracy, and then you say suddenly I realized he'd been lying. That's evidence. That's like woke identity politics now. I just knew. I knew he was guilty. That's what you're seeing in courtrooms now. Well, that's like the real problem with conspiracies. Is I believe conspiracies are real, and obviously they're, it's legal language to say so. Now, does everything in a great orchestrated Illuminati-sized plot? No, but there is a lot of things that don't make sense, and the reason why they don't make sense, you can rationalize to government cover-up or something of that sort. But also, it's even like with the books that come out. A lot of books come out and necessarily are they just looking for just a click headline, a little clip of this. I've seen many journalists now and apparently a guy who's doing multiple shows talking about the the JFK was killed because he wanted to expose UFOs. I'm sure he was interested in it, but there's no fucking way that it was because of UFOs. There's a whole other slew of information out there that does that. And it's like, I mean, at this point, I don't I don't care if people want to like, obviously, I understand people making a buck. But when you're going and running around like this is definitive 100 percent and nobody else is right. It's like as dumb as saying Jack Ruby didn't shoot Oswald. Yeah, there's a lot of people that say that, too. Yeah, If you believe it, that's one thing. But if you're doing it because you're trying to make money, fuck you. I hate to say it like that. But it really pisses me off. Well, it is, and it, a lot of times these waters get polluted because uh, I it, people tell me all the time, "You think everything's a conspiracy?" And I say, "Yes, I do. I don't back down from anything because I think that the people that run us, people that have the power to conspire at that level, they are conspirators. That's what they do. They do that for a living. They don't. They're conspiring against the public interest all the time. They don't. They literally don't know any other way to behave. It's the way they do business. The way they've always done business." Someone gets in your way, you, you smear them or kill them. I mean, the, the, the evidence is everywhere. In all my writings, you can see all the unnatural deaths. And we can see today the ones that aren't killed, the Julian Assange's and, and, and Manning's and uh, Snowden's, that are, they're, they're, they might as well be assassinated because they're treated like that. They, that's the way they treat whistleblowers, which is basically effectively anybody that's calling, blowing the whistle on any part of their corruption. That's what they're doing. And so that's why... Uh, I think when people say they don't have to be big conspiracies, well, maybe sometimes they don't. You know, when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas, you know, and he had the huge body count there. I mean, I think he probably could have had a lot of those witnesses knocked off without needing much more than the Arkansas police. Do you what- know, I got to ask you this because we've talked about Bill Clinton in the past, but do you know if that Bill Clinton was the driver for Hale Boggs's, uh car to the airport? I think I was the first one to point that out in hidden history. Yeah, I, I wrote. I, I have. I have it. Yeah, he was a, Jesus. a very young man, and uh, he. And, and of course, I was pointing out. Well, technically, technically, I wasn't. I said he drove him on his. Uh, he dropped him off for his flight to oblivion. Technically, he dropped him off at the airport, and then he had a connecting flight after that to oblivion. But he still drove him to the airport. I know that's fucking weird. Yeah, and he, he and he was, you know, again, we're told Bill Clinton was uh, 
like all these people, the 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 lures they kind of they come from poverty or they they're, they're nobody knows that they came from nowhere. They come Somehow from tubes in, bred into the deep sea. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was he was in a position of, of power somehow to drive a powerful political figure like Hale Vibes to the airport. So he he was being groomed to something. Just like it's no mistake when he was at the White House as a Boy Scout, he's the one they took the picture of smiling and shaking the hands of Jay. I mean, what, come on, what are the odds of that? You know, I mean, I, maybe somebody took a picture of every one of them. I don't know, but I doubt it. But uh, that photograph is out there. But yeah, so Clinton is a. Uh, you have these things. There, there's so many of these crimes, and so it's, it's hard to keep up with them. So some are bigger than others. I mean, they're not all on the level of 9/11 or something like that, or even JFK assassination. They're top tier ones. The other ones, you know, it's, you have like uh, ones that people don't know that much about, like Joe Scarborough. You know, when he's a congressman with the, with the blonde girl that was found dead in his office with a big gash in her head. They and they hush that up completely, and then he then he leaves Congress and becomes a suddenly switches to the left and becomes a a huge talking head for the state. But so that's that's not that big of a crime, but they still have an interest in covering it up. I don't know how many people they need it, but something like JFK 9-11, you're talking about you need the, you know, you need the deep state to be involved in that. I want to get back to just a couple of things on the RFK one. I mean, do you think what's I mean, it's gonna be a tough moral question, but I mean honestly, at this point, Sirhan's been in prison for 50 something years. Um so it's kind of like, was it, I know the lawyers were just trying to keep him out of the death penalty, but is that a life to live to be a hundred percent honest? I mean, like we don't have, why is nobody taking another investigation or looking at the evidence or just getting rid of them? And then Gavin Newsom decides to come out and be like, oh no, we're going to deny his parole um, for the political implications. It's like, well, what's the point? He's been in there for 50 years. I'm pretty sure that's more than a life sentence for whatever murder. So at this point, it's just like, it's a shenanigan. It's a political backlash and it's something else connected in it. There is. And again, it's, 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 uh, I, I'm not one. I mean, I don't, I don't really see, I don't know how important it would be if Sir, Sir Han got paroled because it's not going to change anything. He's probably still going to say he doesn't remember anything. I don't think he's going to suddenly ring in his memory. So you can you can argue that it's certainly fifty years, even if he had shot RFK, if he said, but you know, by by virtue of who he shot, you know, that's the way it always is. Somebody that famous, well, they're going to treat it as a bigger crime. So you know, why should we ever let him out? So, uh, but don't think it's not going to change anything because he's not going to. It's not going to make us closer to the truth because Sirhan, if Sirhan would suddenly get to regain his memory. And and talk about well this is what happened that's never going to happen obviously either the programming worked too well on it or he's you know he's not telling the truth or whatever but uh, I I don't get caught up in I mean I'm I'm more interested in all the people that are in prison that were uh, innocent or you know and there's tons of them or were uh, unfairly convicted or served way too long for petty sentences I'd much rather concentrate on those people I don't concentrate on that as much I understand Bobby Kennedy's position but um, I I just you know I. I think people need to work more with him to see if he can remember more, but he just doesn't seem to do that. You know, he just keeps saying, I don't remember, and I don't know how far you can go with that. When it comes to the field of political assassinations, do you think it's important that people understand a lot of these political assassinations, whether you believe conspiracy or not, but just understand the implications of political assassinations in general? I've talked to David Denton, who teaches a course on it, but I'm interested in your thoughts on it because you know a little bit deeper than David Denton might teach to his students. Yeah, I know David, but yeah, yeah, uh, it's well. I think 
Because right now I'm looking at everything. I got I, the JFK stuff's a house of cards. You're solving it all if you end up getting answers on one. You challenge every other single one. But there's JFK, RFK, MLK, Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, which is more of a local one than it is a giant one. But still, it's an assassination. It's like eventually this whole 60s and 70s time period is just a mix mash. George of- Wallace and Reagan's attempted assassination. But you know, Ray- Reagan was the last high profile uh, assassination attempt. There, there has not been an attempt on a political figure. That's you know, talking about forty-three years ago. So assassination is kind of passe in terms of official. Now, you know, I talk about all the unnatural deaths in my book. I think a lot of these people are assassinated, especially witnesses, but uh, they're not officially, you know, said to be that way. But the last official assassination attempt was on Reagan forty-three years ago. So they've clearly determined this is not what they're going to do anymore. And they do other things where they get rid of people, they demonize them, and you know, whatever uh, they, they use other. Other methods. So uh, we can study the assassinations of the '60s, but they're—it uh, was just the way they did business then, uh, and I think they do it differently now. Maybe they don't have as many political figures at work. Like if Trump was legitimate, I don't think he is. But if he was legitimate, he might have been a candidate for assassination. But uh, they—if you take him on his face value, which I don't—and you can argue, well, they decided to go another route with him and just nonstop smear campaign, and now they're going to prosecute him for everything. Uh, again, I—I I don't. I call him Trumpenstein, you know, I mean, so people can read about what I think about him. But uh, that would be if they were still assassinating people. Uh, he would certainly be somebody you would think they Ron Paul, when Ron Paul was running. You know, they, if they were still assassinating people that were potential enemies of the state. Those are the kind of people you would expect to see assassination attempts on. And you just you or you could argue, argue Rand Paul has been the victim of. Double curious incidents, not really assassination. His but, neighbor uh, broke, popped his lung, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he also had his uh, office burned down recently. Him and his wife were attacked in Washington D.C. So I don't understand that because on the surface, Rand Paul is, is kind of a very pale imitation of Ron Paul. Uh, he's nowhere near as radical, but it is what it is. So people uh, and some people think that you know that softball game incident where. Uh, Ah, uh, the guy's uh, Scully. And what was the guy's name? Scott. I forgot who it was. It was Senator Ken- Kennedy, I think his name was. Uh, well, Scott. Scott. I can't. I can't believe. I can't think of his name. But anyhow, a lot of people speculate the guy out there shooting the Bernie Sanders supporter. We never hear about. It. Nobody knows his name. Uh, he was trying to go after Rand Paul. He shot the other guy, Steve Scalia. Steve Scalia, by mistake. But, um, but you know who knows? But so they, that that's the closest you've come, I guess, to. An old-fashioned assassination attempt, and it's ironic because you know gun shootings are up everywhere else. You have these school shootings all the time, these mass shootings that a lot of us have speculated about. Uh, but if you don't, in the political world, other than the, the incident at the softball game, and that was what I don't know five six years ago, um, that's the only one I can think of since 1980. So it's kind of a you know Senator Kennedy, whoever that guy is, he's an older man. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Kennedy. He said something that was so fucking hilarious where he said one thing. He's like two. He's like two truths and a lie. One, my tie's red. One, we're in court right now. And three, Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) He said that and I just started busting out laughing. I was like, this guy, I was like, look, whether you agree with his politics or not, I love it that he's treating these court cases as everyone is kind of receiving it. It's a bread and fucking it's a circus act, man. And I appreciate that, that we don't have really anybody that has ever challenged the system in such a sense. I mean, Trump, sure, but it's it's all a show. It's all just make believe this is what we want you to see. And the real stuff that never you never get to see. 
which I'm hopefully the public's being aware of now. I think at this point, now you have a number of people that are talking about the UFO stuff, but everyone's like, who gives a crap? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I, and I speculate about that. I, I used to study UFOs quite a bit too. And uh, I really don't understand what, <laughs> how they're suddenly coming forth and saying these things are real when they demonize people and ridicule them and ruin their lives for decades for saying they've seen them. People so, killed themselves back yeah, in the day. Yeah. People killed themselves. So yeah, I think the government's covered just using that because there's a lot of that other COVID and other material out there that's been floating around. And now recently Biden has said that we don't have to declassify any more documents on the JFK assassination. Yeah, site. is that something? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, and again, I it's ridiculous that anything is still withheld on JFK, but I, I disagree with the research community a lot that any of these files, it's anything that's being withheld on JFK or anything else. Is you're not going to get a blueprint of where they're going to announce to the participants in the conspiracy were. They're just there. That's there's there's everything. I mean, you may you may find things that are relevant to people like me who've been studying this for a long time. I mean, but to the general public, it's not going to be any smoking gun or anything like that. So I think again, the research community concentrates on the wrong thing. They should be concentrating on the fact that they're still lying about this years later. They're still lying about these assassinations. And uh, there are nonsensical explanations. Where we're the only country in the world where uh, Americans have been bred to believe that when a, a politician gets killed in America, this goes back to uh, Lincoln. It's it's well, Lincoln. You could argue they make claims, but but uh, certainly uh, Garfield. Go back to Garfield, McKinley, and all. all and certainly up through Kennedy, uh, the assassination is always. Uh, because uh, of some bizarre reason. John Hinckley had to shoot uh, Ronald Reagan because of Jody Foster. There's never, there's never a political reason for a politician getting shot. Have you seen her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have more, you know, I have a, uh, my upcoming book. I, in fact, I, I'm going to sign a contract on it, I hope today, but I think I'm going to have to retitle it. But it's basically more hidden history. Now, it may be called American Memory Hole, but it's going to have more on JFK, JFK Jr., 9-11, Oklahoma City, a lot of stuff, but also going back to Lincoln and all that. Too. It's kind of a combination of the first two hidden history books. But um, I discovered something there, and I, I don't, it's a tease, I don't give away, but I discovered something there that people will be shocked about in terms of Jody Foster and John Ingram. Just, just, I'll just leave it at that. It, it'll be shocking. It'll be a bomb show. So uh, it's one of the many bombshells that will be in that book. If you look deeper into these things and uh, you see that they are lying about everything and that we don't know how much of this is a show and how much of it isn't, but uh, they continue to lie about it. And so this assassination, certainly the RFK assassination over uh, 50 years later, talking about um, still, I guess it's 55th year uh, anniversary of it, they still can't tell the truth about it, and that's uh, that's what just this basic facts. And somebody like me with the platforms I have, I can't, I can't compete with uh, with you know somebody that whatever historian the History Channel trots out to just say absolutely because not not all these guys when they talk about these subjects, they're not necessarily just lying; they're just incredibly uninformed. They're like a substitute high school teacher in terms of their they know nothing know nothing about the subject matter and they'll get up there and they'll have c-span and cnn and fox and all these huge platforms and somebody like me is not invited where i could school them very easily and make them look foolish but we're not given the opportunity so that's the problem is the public still 
They're looking at those large platforms and that's where they're getting their information from. So all young people that even care about something like the RFK to this point, and more, more might because of the sun running, but thank goodness his son is telling the truth because that he's the only antidote at this point to the, the lies that these that the crimes were done by lone nuts. Well, Don, I appreciate the time you gave me to talk about the RFK assassination and other stuff, but is there a place where people can find your links? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm shadow banned everywhere uh, except Substack. So please support me at Substack. It's the last free speech platform. Uh, Donald Jeffries at Substack.com. I protest. It's like my show that live streams every Friday. They banned my, my link tree. Did you know that? No, no, did they? Uh, All it had was a YouTube, a Spotify, and a store link for some shirts. And they said that you're putting up harmful content and it violates Linktree services. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's the, you know, I, I, I can't talk enough about that or write enough about it. It's, it's, it's disgraceful what we've allowed to happen. And they don't care because it's happening to people like us. Uh, maybe if it happens to them, they'll care. But uh, they just think we're nuts and, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing in these delusions. And, uh, but Linktree, I was like, okay, I'm going to Linkpop and now I'm on Linkpop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. They're, they're all in it together. Now. That's why Substack is very important because at least right now, they're letting me write whatever I want. So my presence is growing there. Please subscribe to there. There is a pay option and lots of people are doing that, but you don't have to. I don't have a paywall. Everything's free. I'm a populist. Uh, go to donaldjeffries.substack.com. That's where you can support me. Masking the Truth, my most controversial book yet. They are screwing with that. Uh, they're doing things, uh, you know. For instance, if you go to Apple Books, you want to go to Apple Books for whatever reason to buy it, uh, you won't see the paperback. They're hiding the paperback everywhere. They'll have the ebook there listed for $999. They're screwing things around like that. Google Books banned from a search on Google Books. Amazon is taking down reviews. Uh, but Masking the Truth, How COVID-19 Destroyed Civil Liberties and Shut Down the World, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny put the forward. My most controversial book yet of all my controversial books. So please, you can support me by uh, getting that, suggesting it to your library to break the library algorithm because it's having a hard time getting a library. Well, I'll link all your links in the description, Don. It's been a pleasure chatting, and thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Pod.